Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. We are still in 2 Peter 3, a very rich chapter of the Bible for biblical prophecy, and this is actually a part two of what we started last episode in dealing with apparent delay. Many scriptures seem to think that the day of the Lord, the second coming, would be something very immediate. There's scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, would seem to indicate that, but there's also scriptures that there is going to be a delay. And 2 Peter chapter 3, almost the whole chapter, is dealing with the apparent delay of the second coming. And let me start with 2 Peter 3 and verse 2. You should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand this. Scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own passions and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where's the promise of his second coming? But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is one day. So the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is forbearing toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. If you want this whole episode in a nutshell, and particularly verses 8 and 9 of Second Peter 3, it's simply this. God has a little different view of time than we have, okay? And I must say that he both understands a perspective of chronological sequence within time and he can see chronological sequence from an eternal perspective. So he has a little different time perspective than we do. Last episode, we saw that there are even some pretty strong hints in Matthew 24 and Luke 12 about apparent delay going on a long trip and such. Peter brings up the predictions of the holy prophets in addition with the teaching of Jesus through the apostles. Now, who are these prophets, as he's referring to, they could refer to the New Testament prophets, the Old Testament prophets, or both. I tend to think he's referring to the Old Testament prophets. And I was greatly helped uh, when it came to this in a book entitled Debunking Preterism by Brock Hollett. And preterism is that idea that you hear repeatedly by Catholic scripture scholars right now, right today. I'm not talking about the crazy liberal ones. I'm talking about the ones you hear in Catholic media that write books and speak at conferences. They're all, not not all, many are these radical preterists that say, uh, you know, books like Revelation is all about the past or 99% of it is about the past. And it's interesting, uh, Brock Hollett in Debunking Preterism reviewed one of the leading radical preterists. In other words, everything in the New Testament is about stuff that happened in the first century. And he reviewed all his author's book and he said, he left out one thing. 
There wasn't a single reference to 2 Peter 3 in his book. Hmm. Okay. Now, I'm assuming that he's talking about the Old Testament prophets when he says the predictions of the holy prophets. Remember that. Remember what Jesus said. Remember Jesus' teaching through the apostles. So I'm going to give you a prime example of what 2 Peter 3 could be referring to, and that's in Isaiah 13, starting in verse 6. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near as destruction from the Almighty. It will come, exclamation point in the Revised Standard Version, Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. That's the coming of Jesus, the day of Yahweh. It's near. Now you'd say, well, that's all historical reference. Well, I'm not denying there might be a near-term historical reference as a partial fulfillment of this. But if you just read a few verses further down in Isaiah 13, sure doesn't sound like it. Starting in verse 9, Isaiah 13. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel with wrath and fierce anger, to make the earth a desolation and to destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light. The book of Revelation talks about this stuff. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and lay low the haughtiness of the ruthless. I will make men more rare than fine gold. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will be shaken out of its place at the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. Now, tell me what period of history <laughs> belongs to. <laughs> I, I think that has a future looking perspective And God says the day of the Lord is near. This was, you know, what, a half dozen centuries before the incarnation and birth of Jesus Christ. It's near. Uh, Here's one from Ezekiel. I'm not going to go on quite as long. Ezekiel 30 in verse 3. For the day of the Lord is near. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a time of doom for the nations. Obadiah chapter 1 in verse 15. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near and hastening fast. The sound of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud. And I've just given you a partial list of Old Testament declarations quoting God saying the day of the Lord is near And particularly that passage from Isaiah 13, if it had an immediate fulfillment, I'm not denying it it didn't have any immediate fulfillment, it also looks forward because that great shaking of the earth is in the book of Revelation, the sun, moon, and stars not giving their light and uh, all kinds of chaos in the constellations, uh, worldwide punishment for evil, and it's near. Now, this gets even more difficult, and this is where the extreme preterists 
just say, all you have to do is read the first three verses of the book of Revelation, and you know it's about the past, and you can buy my book or come to my seminar, and I'll tell you about all about the history, but it's nothing about the future. Just read it. Okay, we'll read it. Revelation 1.1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and keep what is written therein, for the time is near. Now, what is St. John doing in Revelation chapter 1? And I'll go even a step further since the extreme preterist says the whole book of Revelation and the whole New Testament is only about the first century. So I'll say the question, what is St. John doing in chapters 1 through 22 of the book of Revelation? And I'm going to give you a profound insight, but it's very simple. You're going to understand it. You don't need to know Greek. You don't need to know Hebrew. You don't need to go to seminary. Believe me, this is one of the prime keys to the book of Revelation. Ready? St. John is using the language of the prophets. In fact, we have gone through together the book of Revelation, but St. John is just like saturated with Old Testament imagery, the stuff that looks so far out when you read the book of Revelation, well, that was used by the prophets. And a lot of the statements and a lot of the predictions and a lot of the language comes straight from the prophets. When we went together through the, the book of Daniel, we showed how that corresponded to the book of Revelation. But it's not just Daniel. In fact, the most citations and allusions to the Old Testament book of Revelation are from Isaiah uh, Ezekiel is way up there. In fact, I would like to take you through the book of Revelation, if the Lord gives us time, just through the eyes of Ezekiel, or John's look at what he wrote using the eyes of Ezekiel. It's profound. So, what is St. John doing in Revelation 1, as well as 1 through 22? Well, I have told you that the best Catholic commentary on the book of Revelation is that by Dr. Peter Williamson. By a very, very large margin, this is the best book commentary on Revelation, and it's one that doesn't pigeonhole the book of Revelation to a certain liturgy or to the past or to history. And just by the way, Christmas is coming up, uh, put it on your wish list. Uh, Dr. Williamson, even though the book of Revelation is difficult, he writes in plain English rather than incomprehensible theological jargon, and it's your best guide to get a serious look at the book of Revelation. And what does Dr. Williamson say about Revelation 1? And th this is worded so well, and I guarantee you're going to understand it. Perhaps some misunderstanding is inevitable when God, who lives in eternity, 
communicates with human beings who live in time. That's why Peter tries to say, hey, guys, you know, God doesn't count time God, exactly the same way you do. Day is a thousand years, thousand years is a day. He goes on. When God tells us that our salvation will be soon or in very little while, it is a way of bridging the gap between the divine and human points of view. Like a parent assuring an impatient child that Christmas really is not far off, God speaks to human beings from his superior perspective on time. Where do you get that? Dr. Williamson references 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. He encourages us to persevere in hope and warning us to be vigilant. When we ourselves pass from time to eternity, we will see with perfect clarity how soon even immediate were his loving responses to our prayers and the fulfillment of all his promises. This is just a personal observation. This will never make it to any scholarly journal. But the prophets in the Old Testament were friends of God. They were called the friends of God because they were close to God. And closeness to the eternally existing God often brings a very vivid sense of the closeness of his coming. And Jesus proclaimed in John 15, you are my friends. And I would dare say in the multitude of ways in drawing close to God, you may find yourself also growing a vivid sense of the closeness of his coming. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 304 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.